Hello and welcome to the first episode of the GT House podcast. If you're watching us, you'd find us on YouTube or if you're listening to us, you'd find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Basically any online streaming platform you want, we're going to be there. So, on the first episode of the GT House podcast, we have we have the man the brain the man whose brainchild the GT House is, Mr. Kostuf Tengorkar. Sir, please tell our audience how do you feel today and uh, I am sure we're going to have a blast today and I'm I'm nervous the because I'm doing this first time but uh, and it's also a little bit hot it's not raining here today so yes the rain gods <laughs> the rain gods haven't been that good 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 to us today because for the past couple of days we've been having bad rain in pune i mean of course it's not as bad as bombay i'm sure no definitely not but yeah so so kostub san tell me please tell the audience who is kati kati is not so no easy to define someone named kati kati <laughs> actually start uh, you know is my initials kostub thengodkar right but uh, i also happen to had lot of kati's uh, in my college days so that name kind of stuck to me and uh, i think people prefer to call me kati because it's much simpler to pronounce uh, rather than saying kostuk thengodkar and i used to get pissed off when people used to you know miss uh, pronounce my name so i said kati is much better at least you're not making uh, you know fun of that name so uh, most of my friends call me kati my parents call me kati my wife calls me kati my in-laws call me kati <laughs> almost everyone knows me by kati in fact if you tell them kostub hai kya to they might not even recognize for first so uh i mean it's just an initial which just came uh, naturally nothing no special uh, you know <laughs> that's nice that's nice so sir kati san uh, how did your uh, you know most of us most more most of us all of us got this motorcycling ka keeda mm-hmm. and uh, i know i got mine when i was about 5 6 years old with sitting on the tank of mm-hmm. my dad's rx back then uh, what was your motorcycling ka keeda something similar to what you had so my dad uh, used to ride a motorcycle he used to ride a rajdoot wow and he used to ride it every day to office uh, for almost 30 years uh and that was something really unique in those days because motorcycles were not common right. if i'm talking uh, mid 80s motorcycles were not so common uh there were scooters there were cars but motorcycling uh, was definitely looked uh, slightly differently and i think that is what came on before my father nobody in the family rode a motorcycle uh, rode a motorcycle wow so that could be the only possible uh, explanation and i think uh, what also interested me is that uh, he used to take us out uh, for these weekend rides right, uh, right. so all of us me my mom my sister uh, used to pack all the lunch breakfast whatever sandwiches and water bottles go out uh find a nice spot oh uh, wonderful and uh, enjoy your day so i think uh, and i'm talking of the days when i was 3 or 4 years old 
about you super young like back then <laughs> yeah. exactly so uh, there was there was no sort of formal motorcycling or anything i think till 2000 or so so i am pretty sure i got my motorcycling kida from my father, father. there's no other uh, possible explanation i had zero uh, no none of my neighbors had motorcycler cycle and so um, i think that's the that's only way it. yeah that's the only <laughs> about it so uh, when was your first what was your first motorcycle back then my yeah. first motorcycle was a moped hero pop oh wow uh, it was pretty uh, popular in those days especially with college going crowd and absolutely i started riding in and around uh, my place locality when i was 16 and i used to use that moped to just to get some bread or milk or you know just find a reason to ride it <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> and my father uh, my mother both were pretty strict so they were very clear that you can ride but once you are of a legal age so the day i uh, was 18 i told them that i want to buy something of my own so they said fine you get your license and you can buy your own I motorcycle own <laughs> so that's that's when you know actually things started and uh, i got a motor uh, my license uh i didn't had a motorcycle of my own and i used to borrow my father uh, used to ride a hero hero on the street then okay um my friends had uh, one of uh, my friends had a suzuki fiero gen 1 and then the other guy in college had bajaj ka the caliber, caliber was yeah, just yeah. introduced <laughs> so those 100 cc's were you know typical bikes Absolutely. what uh, we experienced in our initial days uh i think that's about it those those were most of the very common we had only three or four bikes i think there was hero honda cd100 splendor bajaj caliber was just launched uh two strokes were already on the verge of decline so people had them but i i didn't see much of them on roads as such right. uh most common bikes was hero honda cd100 and rx100s were still a rage uh, uh then so my my first motorcycle if you say a, a proper motorcycle was a bajaj caliber which oh. belonged to my friend so <laughs> he bought a motorcycle but he couldn't ride okay so he used to call me and he's like let's go for a ride so i used to no ride the motorcycle he used to be my pillion and he used to go that's where it all yeah, started that's when it all started and my parents were pretty cool so once they knew that i uh, am a safe rider and uh, i happened to know my limits <laughs> so they used to you know let me go on a weekend uh, short rides 100 kilometers 150 kilometers that was oh, allowed wow. so um, weekend rides were pretty common Well, wow, that's that's rare because I know, like even today, where where we stand, even my parents are pretty paranoid. There's like hundred, hundred fifty kilometers. Oh, okay, yes, no, maybe. Still got a lot of. They were paranoid, but I think the first few rides, I made sure I set a good, <laughs> you know, benchmark <laughs> credibility, and then there was no not many questions. So no, only thing you had to those days where there were no mobile phones or anything. so we had to rely on landline wherever you go you make sure that you call them and 
tell them that you've arrived yes. safely and of course we were using helmets uh, back then also so those days even wearing a helmet was considered as a, you know that you were following, following the safety, the safety. <laughs> absolutely back so, then yeah that that's something because i guess that is the era where uh, motorcycle riding gear wasn't very popular it was there but it wasn't very popular in india i assume it was there people were riding not like that people were not riding uh, royal enfield was popular back then also and uh, but motorcycling as an adventure or passion was not followed to the extent what is being done now i think it could be due to the situation or you know uh, there were a lot of places which are not accessible also if True. so if you if you are riding to ladakh and there's no form of communication you had to rely on physical maps oh yeah that was so uh, roads and accessibility to mechanics garages was very very limited even uh, uh, the petrol pumps were not like too many like what we have today you will find a fuel pump maybe almost one in 5 or 10 kilometers so absolutely, it's not absolutely. not like a big uh, deal that you are you know empty and you don't file a yeah, find a fuel pump fuel so pump. those days you had to plan your distances because i remember when we used to ride to nasik to my native place and uh, we used to plan you know yeah how much the road map yeah correct exactly because then they used to say ki ha yahan pe abhi road crossing aaye uh, railway crossing aayega so we we'll lose some time, time there. there and then you need to fuel up at this place because there's no fuel pump after that so oh my god so like it was a proper plan so you had probably like between mumbai to nasik which is about 150 160 odd kilometers uh, i think there were there was only one spot uh, before the ghats in kasara that you could fuel up right 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 in the entire 150 kilometers there were no no fuel pumps back no then fuel oh pumps. my god and today we have quite a lot of them on we have got a big network of them now it's pretty sorted out yeah. now so so um i think those days um, motorcycling was very very premature people were just using it as uh, a necessity necessity where they had to go it was not used definitely not used as a as a maybe there were few people but maybe handful not right. not so much but not predominantly not it was to just an extent what uh, we, have we have today, today. so um, and i think this continued till the time i reached my uh, engineering college uh, i mean i still i never had my own motorcycle for first 3 years it okay. was always back uh, borrow steel <laughs> so uh, but you know good part with college life is you always manage to find something so absolutely there is always that one nice friend who would say are chalre chal jao maji bike ke to adi jaa you know you ride my bike just fuel and fuel was also not expensive when i first started riding my uh, no motorcycle to college fuel was i remember my first fuel pump I, it was 18 rupees a liter 18 rupees a liter 18 rupees a liter that was the only once i got it the next week there was a fuel rise and it went to 24 and i was like shit <laughs> gone up when i don't know but 50 rupees i used to get 2 liters of fuel and i used to ride the hero honda uh, those days so it used to go about 70 80 kilometers per liter 
so in in 50 rupees <laughs> you could ride every day from home to college <laughs> plus the other uh, you know things for a week without any hazard oh my god that's that's a dream to <laughs> live today man damn so so we have we actually didn't need so much money you know to ride in and around at least city there was never an issue never an issue right right yeah. but like coming to fuel prices today we're skyrocketing to nearly 90 bucks a liter eventually late once you are on motorcycles then you realize that you stop looking at fuel Absolutely. efficiency and fuel prices yes. you just make sure that your your gas tank is full we started with two strokes and now um, i ride a esd knowing that it's a guzzler absolutely the only way we measure is we open the fuel tank and make sure that <laughs> shake it a little is, uh, the fuel is should be there you know you should see it see, with your eyes absolutely. without using a torch hai to chalega chalega bas so don't even rely on the fuel cock so um, i mean those were the days you know that's, that's how my early days of motorcycling, motorcycling was so okay sir two strokes or four strokes Any 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 day? Any day. Any day. Oh boy. <laughs> those, those motorcycles are fun to ride, aren't they? Correct. I mean, there's, there's a difference between where you get the thrill of you know Absolutely. riding a two stroke i think most of the modern day bikes have matched or even surpassed in many cases about what i predominantly like two strokes for their simplicity they were easy to maintain uh, if you know your bike, bike well there are very little chances that things could go wrong they're low on maintenance and like you said they are fun to ride i mean give any rider a two stroke to ride for a day oh, he will not go back to four stroke for next two absolutely. days absolutely like i curse my dad even today that why i remember he had an rx back then when i was about 5 7 years old and by the time i got my brains about motorcycles i was about 12 14 and i used to curse him every day from that day till today why did you sell that Same. rx i really loved that bike a candy red rx back then pristine bike he sold it because he was getting out of the country for work and everything but yeah i used to curse i curse him even till date why did you sell that bike i love it i would have ridden it today but anyways it's destiny it's, i feel you know sometimes correct so kedisan uh, how was riding gear or motorcycling gear over the years as you've grown back those days it was very pretty simple because there was no riding gear there was no google there was no whatsapp uh no instagram no facebook uh so we had absolutely no idea uh, what a riding gear was so even though western world had motorsports uh, very well developed and they were using riding gear right what they were using was not known to people in india true so we only knew that helmets is necessary um and in movies we saw that the races uh, you know very wearing gloves and some sort of jackets you know typically leather jackets, leather jackets. Uh, so when we started riding the idea was that you should have a helmet which was very half face was very common full face was uh, not i would say the choices were very less less true uh, some gloves with just uh, bare basic leather no real uh, protection 
and for jackets we used to use wind cheaters <laughs> wind cheaters straight wind up wind cheaters straight up so because there were no jackets available right and even if they must be available i they were not available you know at common places there yes. were no stores there were no riding gear stores so first few years of my motorcycling it was always long distance we used to wear wind cheaters good wind cheaters which would take care of rain wind right. that's it but again no real protection Absolutely. i mean it was all on us that we ride safely and that's it <laughs> hope that uh, but we also never thought you know that there has to be something we should wear something that in case we have had a fall luckily you know we never experienced any such uh, unfortunate uh, situations situations where we felt that we should have had something something back then and i think it's only in the earlier to, um, later 2000 uh, about 2007 to 10 i would say where i started seeing people wearing jackets and gloves and things started coming on so 2005 uh, my uh, group of some some of my friends from my group they went to ladakh and they said that they were buying jackets and that's when first we saw some sort of real you know wow. some sort of protection, protection not really i wouldn't say they were motorcycling jackets they were mostly leather jackets made from absolutely dharavi <laughs> which had some harley davidson written on oh, it also wow. <laughs> although none of them had hardly ever but yeah, still i mean those this is how you know the gear was there uh, so i mean there was no one for no one my dad never used any sort of riding protection riding protection he had his half face helmet and he had his leather gear which he used from i think from start to end <laughs> so uh i didn't see him anything wearing anything else and right. in monsoons he had his usual monsoon uh, the rain suit uh, what he used to wear and there were gum boots which used to be like knee high absolutely um so nothing special uh, we i absolutely feel that there was no one to guide us if you considered somebody from my age or my time there was no one to guide us on what exactly riding I mean, gear has to be right it is only that post 2005 to 2010 you know things evolved evolved right yeah and that's how the whole the i i feel that is the era from 2005 onwards where motorcycling was taken seriously and a lot of people started riding more and the mm-hmm. need and demand for protective gear started increasing and that's how everything evolved i, I think that one major change for riding gear was people riding to ladakh people riding up hills so uh because weather there is pretty harsh not as uh, you know similar to what we have in the western ghats on um, um, not it's unlike it's unlike the, unlike the coastal region so i think that prompted people to wear gear uh, more from a weather point of view than a safety point of view true and i think then it started becoming a norm that people motorcyclists bikers riding to hills are wearing this it also became kind of a you know a statement that true you it is it's not just uh, you know weather related or safety related it also became a statement, statement. so uh, that sort of uh, statement converted into a culture where you had to buy a gear 
and i think then the uh, point of safety came in where people really understood that okay i was wearing this jacket and i had a fall and i actually you know this safe didn't me. suffer anything so exactly. probably this was the jacket so when when these sort of you know experiences went across the uh, community community that's when people started understanding that the purpose of this is not just you know whether predominantly for safety safety i i feel along with that it was a lot of western influence and uh, a lot of movies that came out in and around that area now something from uh, like doom i think that yeah, is exactly. where exactly but even if you see doom if you watch carefully i mean um i don't remember the actor uh, i think was ali bhai doesn't wear anything yeah. <laughs> actually ali, ali bhai wears a bandana but there's nothing absolutely <laughs> And yeah. Ali Bai is riding a what a little class motorcycle. Yeah, it was a bandit. A thousand, yeah, a thousand CC bandit so, back then. Yeah. So. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, But you know, I think I feel that was that one Indian movie that inspired a lot of people to buy big bikes along mm-hmm. with that, buy protective gear, buy buying jackets, pants, mm-hmm. and boots because I feel most of us didn't know what they were. I mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw someone wearing. They said like, why is this guy looking like a robot? and mm-hmm. that's where the curiosity rose to you know mm-hmm. understand what is this and acha this is why you wear it correct so i remember when i wanted to buy my first full face helmet so local shops only had a half face and very rarely people used to keep full face helmets there was one shop which was located in south mumbai and, <coughs> and they were known to keep some imported brands and higher end full face helmets also so i told my friend let's go and buy an helmet now a helmet those days typically used to half face helmet could cost you around 300 to 400 rupees a good one a uh, full face would cost you around 800 or 1000 max and we went to the store it was called as ali bhai premji tire wala it's still there in grand road and he had massive collection of helmets uh we had no idea what to look for in fact i ended up buying a helmet which was loose not even a proper <laughs> fit but i still bought it and i paid some 2000 rupees Please for that me. helmet wow. so my friends were like are tu khub paise kharch kar no you spent a lot do you think it is necessary so i said if i'm buying a helmet i might as well you know so unknowingly knowingly i ended up buying a good or i would say a higher spec helmet than than what i actually needed absolutely uh, and then when once my friend saw that you know i am able to you know ride across comfortably in rain they were all on half face helmets then they also said no no we'll also upgrade upgrade and go for a full face helmet and uh, so that's how you know for us it was all trial and experience uh, with no no real uh, you know guiding factor guiding factor yeah back then it was very difficult to get and we never we never really bothered to go and search somewhere that what kind of motorcycle riding gear we should wear <laughs> this was never a point of discussion ever absolutely but it it just came out along the way with trial and error and that's how things evolved for you i would say i mean in my my uh, you know motorcycling journey i had a some sort of a break in between when i got married i shifted from mumbai to pune for work and then got settled here so those 4 5 years i was not uh, riding at all 
zero motorcycling and then when i started again in 2009 it was like kind of starting again from scratch so back to zero you do your you know you get back on motorcycle after four years you still have to go through the same things <laughs> again okay you know how to you know ride a motorcycle but the confidence the way you shift gears the way you handle the bike braking everything takes time so and that's when i saw oh now the motorcycling seems to be a little different you know there are groups there right. are more motorcycling clubs uh and then you have forums on team bhp and yahoo and you know and then there's a lot of things that you re- can research because google was it was very active by then then uh, you could search things and you could buy things online and uh, one of the rides i saw you know people fully geared up uh, and so my first impression was this guy is going for some war because <laughs> he was fully armored and there was absolutely no part of him visible but then when we searched we realized you know this is something has become a basic norm not the norm it's needed and i told my family that i now need to buy a riding gear again i can't use my same helmet what i bought back then Absolutely. i had to throw all of them so i started buying gloves uh, the first gloves what i bought was pro biker gloves like everyone else so i think i spent about 400 500 rupees i got a higher end vega helmet for 1800 2000 bucks and i thought i spent quite a lot uh i got a i went to cramster for buying a jacket and they didn't had my size so there was no s they said amcha kade m cha khalti vikat nahi then someone told me about planet sports dsg so i bought a dsg jacket so dsg jacket cramster pants i bought full gauntlet gloves i got winter gloves i got uh, riding boots so my gear was pretty much sorted and uh, i had never tried these gears no i mean you just try it once at the store to see how it is but again back then there was no guidance that how a riding jacket should fit it shoulders ka aana chahiye kaise hona chahiye so you, you know you try it like a normal like how you buy your uh, क्लोथ्स सोच ठीक है ये फिट हो रहा है ये पैंट वेस्ट के लिए ठीक है एंड वेन वंस आई स्टार्टेड विद दैट राइडिंग गियर इवेंचुअली आई रियलाइज दिस इज नॉट द राइट साइज फॉर मी आई हैव बॉट समथिंग विच इज हाईली हाईली अनकम्फर्टेबल नॉट फिटिंग मी वेल एंड इट्स स्वेटी देर नो मैश पैन द जैकेट हैड एब्सोल्युटली जीरो मैश पैन and then uh, and then they were claiming that this is a waterproof jacket so we had those liners right so first ride i went with my both the liners rain liner and winter liner i had no idea that i had to take them off, off for a normal ride oh boy so the first ride was like full sweat <laughs> you were drenched but it's i was drenched in sweat so then i removed the rain liner thermal liner um and so on so i mean for me the learning was by my own experience yeah we we it's we've heard about this that a man learns from his mistakes and that's how i feel all of us learn like we make mis- we buy something 
we realize it doesn't fit us right and then we assume we 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 make sure that we don't do the mistake okay. the, the next time. funny thing was i bought winter gloves from cramster and uh, thinking that i'll use them in bhutan and uh, that was the first time when i wore those gloves so and in bhutan directly i had never tested those gloves Nothing on a motorcycle ever before so first day we rode to bhutan we enter the second day it starts getting cold and so on so it gets colder and colder and i take off i take out my gloves uh, from my saddle bag and i had absolutely no feel of the handlebar i couldn't even judge uh, about oh clutch God. and re- lever and i said this doesn't work uh i am not at all comfortable with these gloves i cannot feel the levers at all and i am going to end up banging this motorcycle somewhere <laughs> because i couldn't oh i God. couldn't even you know control it uh, properly so i took off the gloves and i rode the entire bhutan with the other gloves which were like uh they had lot of mesh so so mm-hmm. both rains and uh, winter i just rode with frozen hands oh my god they were so and those gloves when i came back uh, i just kept them and they were there for a long time and eventually they hardened up and they cracked so ouch those days i think i spent some 2 and 1/2 or 3 grand for those gloves uh, which were never used so i bought lot of gear like this which was uh, never used uh, not practical not useful ill fitting and i spent lot of money not just on gloves but also on other stuff so helmets again i bought a helmet which was not really well fitting and i think eventually then then someone told me are then you need to buy a helmet which like fit sits really snug snug and then it will adjust and even if you buy leather uh, gear it will break in and it will adjust so you need to make sure the fitment is proper if you are wearing jackets you should check if the protectors are coming at the right, the right place, place. Uh, so that that happened very later for us so right. um and then i said that was a point where i said i need really need to study this because i had by then i had spent lot of money on buying stuff which was not uh, useful right, uh, not compatible with my uh, dimension dimension so that is one area where i felt you know uh, if somebody would have been there to guide us then it would have made a huge uh, difference uh, back then but now i think it's easy you have lot of lot of material lot of uh, you know information available especially on youtube all you have to do is just google and you and now also Absolutely. you have lot of options available in terms of riding gear true so my yes. first riding jacket cost me 7000 rupees and what i see today you have riding jackets starting as low as 4 and 1/2 for 5000 rupees yes. so gear has actually become more affordable over the life yes uh how people have managed that i don't know i can't explain that but i think it is we have gear which is suitable for india which is suitable for our kind of weathers with more mesh uh 
uh, with more options. So those days we had only one or two options. Now I think you get at least ten options if you go for budget. Uh, Absolutely, you have, a, oh, you have an array of them. So people are spoiled for choices, and you can choose whatever you know fits your budget, fits your size, fits your uh, you know preference in terms of colors. There's, there's, so there's, there's a, a huge difference. If I see uh, motorcycling riding gear today and twenty years back, there's a huge difference, huge in terms of everything. So yeah, I mean it's it's evolved and it's evolved for the betterment. I I feel it has. Yeah, I I think it will keep evolving for next uh, years because there I still see there's a lot of gap in between what uh people use in US or let's say Europe and what people use here. The concept of uh, riding gear is still different, so I think it is evolving uh still at a, a premature state uh, stage in India. uh people understand that they need riding gears but they still don't understand what kind of gears they should really buy for what i mean most of the people buy gears because they need gears exactly they they don't buy what is necessary for them and i see a lot of people buy something uh, purely on based on price or purely on based on looks something which looks good on instagram or something which uh, you know uh sometimes they end up buying more than what they need true true it happens so all i know because uh, i i feel today strongly that we need to understand the difference between uh like most of us in india are cost driven like if you want to go okay. to buy something we mm-hmm. first thing aata hai dikh raha hai theek hai acha hai but hai kitne ka they would not try to understand what what goes into it correct i think there's the difference is in what you want and what you need exactly exactly so, spot on um um uh, that if you can match there's nothing wrong in choosing your gear according to your budget because that's what you can afford that's what you can buy so you can't uh, you know look for something which is way on beyond your budget True. uh you can and you should know your uh, you know uh, budget very well so so you can at least plan the gear accordingly maybe everything doesn't come in one go maybe you can buy it in phases or upgrade eventually so that there's nothing wrong in choosing your gear as per budget but at least a few things like the fit has to be perfect and people also need to understand for what purpose they are going to use uh if you just say that uh, i am going to buy a jacket for motorcycling that's a very general and vague uh term because it's like uh, a good example would be if you buy clothes do you buy same clothes for going out for you know for or at home or if if you're going to bed at night you have different set of clothes Absolutely. right different yes. set of clothes as per different seasons yes. different occasions and riding gear is something similar so there is no one perfect gear which you know will fit fit all, all the three seasons and everything three seasons or occasions so depending on where you are going to you know what kind of motorcycle riding you are into you will have to find your gear absolutely i that that's that's also another thing that uh, we always feel that uh, maine agar ye kharida hai ye mere ko main ye teenon se ye garmi mein bhi main use karega मैं इसको बारिश में भी यूज़ करेगा मैं इसको ठंडी में भी यूज़ करेगा 
but when people don't understand now something like a waterproof glove mm-hmm. you can't really wear that during the summer because it's going to make you sweat right. on the inside so that this part i think this part of uh, you know maturity has still yet to come in india it's coming and it's coming thanks to because of different kinds of uh, different genres of motorcycles that are coming in so we today we have motorcycles which people manufacturers i know advertise that this is an adventure motorcycle so you have a gear which is suitable for adventure and uh, then this is a sports motorcycle so you have gear which is suitable for sports you have a track motorcycle you have a touring you have cruisers you have your classic so right it's good that manufacturers are segregating and this defines you know what kind of motorcycling what kind of thing the Absolutely. motorcycle can do and what, where you can ride in what conditions so uh, the gear also will be different yeah they they creating filters in on and helping so this manufacturers this i think will come in the next years and it will come pretty fast <laughs> i mean i hope it does come faster than what it looks like because i have seen now i've been in the i've been riding for about 4 4 and a half years now and in this span of 4 span of 4 and a half years i have seen gear evolve i have seen uh, like i i did the same mistake as you mm-hmm. i bought a helmet that was is loose for me but again i i learned from my mistake and then i upgraded to a helmet which is which fits me right but I, when i went to buy my riding riding gear there weren't too many stores out in the city back then and today where i stand i know that there are at least about a dozen of them <laughs> and people are spoiled for choice they like yeah. mai kahan jaau mai kya kharidu so you know like back then people knew what it is but there wasn't the right gear today there's so much gear that people don't know what is right and what is wrong correct i mean today you have a gear which also looks good apart from you know exactly uh, i mean providing you safety and uh, when i took take out my old jacket and people look at me are <laughs> this guy has probably come from a jurassic age and he's wearing some really ancient jacket ancient jacket <laughs> oh boy i, I so, understand that uh, but okay with mean, this old is gold i feel you know it's happened so new has to come true yeah. true true so kedisan how did you get into this business how did how when when in that point and when when did you find that situation where you were like nay i need to make this right i need to get into this for what what was the reason so i never thought that i'll get into a riding gear business or a, you know something what we are doing right now at gt house um and i was working for a good uh, multinational company till the time you know time point came where i felt you know i had to do something more uh and i always had that itch to some to do something of my own so i knew that i wanted to start on my own but what was never you know decided i never had that in my mind ki kya karna hai uh post 35 i this age group pretty large and it grew pretty fast also so that's when uh, i decided to call quits to my usual corporate jobs i had traveled quite a lot by then those if you say my uh, prime days uh, in uh, as a corporate uh, you know guy i used to travel 15 to 20 days in a month wow uh used to travel well across india so i had done a lot of traveling and i i chose it because i used to like traveling so i said let me you know this is 
this is enough now i need to do something else something which you know where i learn something new where i do something different i am not meeting the same guys not the same meetings not the same shit that you handle every day so i call it quits one fine day and i said let me take a break and uh, sabbatical was a newly new term back then new term back then <laughs> and then i said i am taking a sabbatical no do mahina kuch nahi karne ka 6 months you don't do anything uh and we'll think kya hota hai wo and my family supported me they said fine it's your call you know what you are doing and uh, you are responsible at the end of the day uh so i took a break and uh, i said let me go for a short motorcycle ride first as like all enthusiasts uh, aching to do a motorcycle ride and those few years i was not able to do any good ride so 2012 i had done bhutan and then some short rides and then there was again a gap where uh, i was not able to do any i would say significant motorcycle rides there were rides mostly which were in and around city and weekend rides nothing to boast of so i said fine uh, it was month of feb i said i can't go up mountains i will go down south uh, usually the weather is still nice uh, in feb so i started uh, you know on i just took a random route and went down south and that's when you know i uh, came up at a in bangalore i was welcome at a store where they had nice cafe and a motorcycle riding gear accessory store and i saw the place and i was like oh this looks so cool you know <laughs> i would love to have something like this one day so that was probably the first place where i saw and i was attracted that this is something you know uh a place this similar kind of place i wouldn't mind you know where people who are coming in and you have some sort of events and you're selling multiple stuff and i continued with my ride and then post the ride i i uh, was thinking you know what abhi karne ka kya abhi to ho gaya ride bhi ho gaya then i came across a brand and i uh, was uh, you know they were looking for dealers across uh, it was a motorcycle accessory brand so i just approached them casually i said can i help you with you know i am sitting free absolute nalla doing nothing <laughs> and um, since i am you know based in pune mumbai is pretty accessible quick, uh, accessible so i can find stores so i asked them what kind of store so they said okay this is the kind of store what we want and we could keep this products this is the price this is what they get and i said fine so i started going around and I said fine. I'll charge you a fixed fee, and uh, if it clicks, we continue. And it clicked, so we. I started from Mumbai. I started visiting stores. I started understanding stuff. I spoke to lot of store owners. I understood how the market works. And luckily for me, a uh, lot of store owners, you know, they kind of gave me lot of information. probably i had the right set of questions and i was able to figure out how this business works pretty fast so i said if i am going to xyz store for xyz product why can't i go with an another product for to the same store so anyways i am going to that store so i took right. up another uh, brand and 
I said I am anyways going and I have these stores. Uh, I know them and I can help you list. And that's how things added. You know, I added one, two, three, four, five, six, and came to a number where I had eight brands. Wow. Marketing, you uh, know, traveling all around, and it was more or less the similar stuff what I used to do before. So in my previous days, I was an industrial sales engineer. The only difference was there I was selling high end engineered products. and this was riding gear and this is no different uh, no only the customers were different the crowd was different so i did this for good 3 years i got to know market very well i got to know who's who in the business i got to know what customers want how it sells what kind of problems you want i understood how this thing works how people are actually buying it and you uh, know um so that's when i decided that you know after 3 years now i should start on my own rather than selling someone else's <laughs> product and i already had few brands in my mind and that's how the whole gt house thing came oh. into place so that's how it went it correct so i i already had built a network um there was a good database there was good market knowledge good market information i saw potential and i said let me start with this when you already know people and how it works you know the chain how it goes on it's not very difficult to start something like this of your own okay. and uh, good part is today uh, because it's an open mar- market you know uh what comes from where what kind of riding gear you need and you can talk to companies and approach them and ask them if you can represent them in place like india and luckily we have tremendous potential there's a huge market uh india sells about uh, 1.7 1.8 billion million two wheelers every year true uh, and i'm not sure out of that what percent really wears riding, riding gears you know or at least i feel uh, i mean i am not sure about that <laughs> statistic but i am pretty sure it is very very minuscule true so there is a potential definitely uh, but at the same time you also have a lot of competition so absolutely and exactly over the years competition has grown so but that is there in every field so you just need to work out your way absolutely you need to work out a strategy, strategy and that's how it all so works Isn't it? So, what it is and what is the GT House exactly? Please tell our audience. GT House. Uh, so again, the name was not shortlisted. Uh, the legal name what we have is much different. It's not GT House. Uh, we were looking for something we know which we could call our name. You know, call the business, and we wanted it to be attractive. Now my first startup had a German name and half of the guys couldn't even pronounce <laughs> it well. So I said it has to be easy. It has to be, it has to be you know connected with people who are going to buy it. So customers should understand. So gear and throttle were two words. Ah, uh, there was also moto which was shortlisted, but then moto is a very common word nowadays. So you have moto, 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 moto. Lot of people using yeah. moto. So I wanted to avoid moto. So gear and throttle is what I came up with. and this place what we are running right now gt house was like a house yes so we said gear and throttle house you know because 
the place resembles a house so we just said fine i mean gear and throttle house sounds nice you know a place where people are comfortable to buy riding, riding gears so at gt house we import uh, three brands shima which is from poland racer which is from france and zandona which is into protectors and it's from italy so we started with three brands and uh, we are you know still with them and at gt house we are importing and distributing we started with distributing uh, the brands first to major cities like pune bangalore mumbai and now we also have a retail uh, store here in pune, pune. yes and it it does feel like a paradise for motorcyclists so yeah it it like the house gear and throttle house does it defines what we are and how okay. it goes so that was the idea i mean you have a place where people could come relax not Absolutely. get you know paranoid about buying stuff <laughs> because like is it uh i used to think that there, uh, for me it was difficult in choosing riding gear because there was no one to guide on but i think people today have more uh, bigger dilemma because there are so many options exactly. that they really don't know what to go for it's a very big question so it's it's even more confusing for people to buy a riding gear so exactly i wanted to create a place which you know is slightly different from others and could guide people properly on what exactly to buy uh so that was my idea i wanted that comfort factor to reflect in the name that's why i mean if you go to your house your home you're always comfortable right exactly so that's why the house uh, gear and throttle house and it's a wonderful setup here i mean i'm sure people people should come in even more and check it out because i know people have come in by now and more are going to come in after this podcast goes out but it's a wonderful place and it's a it is a badass setup to start right. off with right. so when we started uh, with distribution first and then a lot of customers said uh, why don't you start retail i mean we would like to buy so people were already coming and buying stuff but we had a kind of a warehouse setup and then they said you know if you retail we will buy from here and there was also a, a point when i went out in the market and people said are ye nahi bikega you don't understand the difficulties what we face when we are selling <laughs> it to customers and i at first i took it offensive but when i thought about it uh, you know coolly calmly i said maybe this guy really faces some challenges while selling this gear and i can only do it when i sell it actually so i requested one of the store that can i stand here and sell my stuff and he was kind of you know um uh, into minds about it no he he's like aap aake becho he he was not sure because i think nobody asked him that question right. so i told him that i just want to understand he's like no no i i cannot you know allow you to do that because uh, you are an importer you should know all these things <laughs> so i said fine uh, you know that that came an idea where i said ki let me start with my own so the first concept uh, was to start an experiential center where we experience what customers want right uh, and the first name what we said was gear and throttle house experience motorcycle riding gear experience center, center. oh my okay, god okay that was a very big long <laughs> uh but then 
as we went we uh, obviously dropped the experience uh, part but the idea was to you know provide people an experience while buying gear so right and because i had traveled quite a lot outside india so you have a specific you know uh, if you go to malls in europe or even riding gear stores you have a different way on how they display their products how they sell their stuff true even if you go to some airports like i went to singapore airport and there was a very nice way you know how you check in how you you know put your bags where you wait and how you board and it's much simpler as compared to our local indian airports or even airports outside in europe true and then i when i researched they said that you know there is was a study done and this airport is one of the best airports because passengers flyers take the least amount of time at the airport True. so they they prefer to fly through this airport right and um, somebody told me that there is a study on how the customer will enter the airport where he will turn will whether he'll turn left or right what will he do after checking in where which possible places it could go and there's a study where you completely see the flow of his passenger you know flow of the passenger movement movement and then you design stuff accordingly okay oh, oh which, which is why like which is which is why you see duty free and some nice you know stuff uh, at the exit of the airport true true yeah <laughs> it, it it's place it's eye candy to you yeah, even even the shopping malls when you check out or when you are at the billing counter you will have something which is on your left or right just next to the billing counter and you will have chocolates and true and all these and appetizing lighters yeah. and you you know fast moving stuff you just end up picking stuff which you don't need absolutely but you end up doing a lot of impulsive so these is all related to you know a proper you study how what the customer wants and how it behaves and how it moves and so i tried to apply this here and the idea was to see what customer wants when he is coming to buy riding gear how does he want to try it or what kind of you know options does he want does he want to be spoiled with choices does he want to see a lot of colors does he want to be comfortable does he want a nice couch to sit on and see do we need a screen uh, which is screening some moto gp or motorcycling related content do we need a music so these all things uh, were always on my mind when i started this and because i had already traveled to a lot of stores so i knew what works what doesn't work i've seen stores which are not like huge in size small stores uh, basic setup uh, nothing fancy but they do a very good sale and then i have seen stores which are like massive setup uh top of the line uh, furniture expensive lights you know like they put up a lot of money into architecture a lot of money into architecture and can consider them as white elephants uh, from a maintenance point of view prime locations and they are not doing great so i said there has to be something you know there's something wrong i mean how can a guy with a better setup not sell so, yeah, yeah it's it's weird so there has there has to be a proper balance and a match between how you are selling it and how you are displaying it and that's what you know there has to be a balance 
So GT House, we wanted to have an experience center, not just from customer, but also mainly from a distribution point of view on, on how you should keep stuff and know how you can sell it. So that was the main idea behind, uh, you know, starting GT House. But it's hands down one of the most innovative ideas I have ever seen. I've, I've visited quite a lot of motorcycle stores. I, as you said, the white elephant ones, <laughs> even those, and they look pristine, but uh, you know, you're sometimes you're a little hesitant, but here you feel like you're at home, you know, when you enter, you're like, ha, huh. now you, 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 you can take your own sweet time, look at your, feel it, understand it, you know, because again, you're going to put in money for it. So experiencing that you're wearing it for a while, understanding how is, how is it going to fit you is very important. Correct. And uh, when I visited all these stores, I... I learned a lot of, lot of good things from the store owners on how they are pitching products to customer, what works, what doesn't work. So they had good things also and they had bad things also. Uh, and they had some things we know which I knew will not work for products like what we are keeping here at GTR. So uh, we had to choose, you know, what works with respect to brands. There's no one single strategy. That I am doing something here at GT House, the same thing will work for another store having a different brand. Every store will have to have their own strategy, have their own things worked out. And a lot of stores are already doing it and they have been pretty successful uh, with that. Uh, there are stores which don't look nice, but they have a fantastic sale and Absolutely. still manage to do it. And if, if you're, as long as you're able to do it, nothing wrong. I feel I mean, that it is a word of mouth as well that helps you big time. Like in terms of uh, the, not only the store, but the people inside the store mm -hmm. also help you a lot. And, uh, you know, there's a trust mm -hmm. that's built when you're talking to somebody, you're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you're a mutual motorcycle, like, like a motorcyclist comes in, you, you build up a connect and eventually you end up buying something which is very good for you. And the person in front of you also helps you out. So I feel that mix is something that we've uh, you've mastered here at the GT house very well being a motorcyclist yourself it because uh, I have seen anyone who come in who comes in builds a connect and you give him what what is right for him you don't look at it from a very profit driven perspective and that is a very uh, it's not like that I am pretty commercial minded I mean I at the end of the day I still look at numbers but um, uh, I'll give you an example. When I came here to Pune and I wanted to look for a place for myself uh, on a rent. So I used to tell those agents that I need a place in and around this area in this budget. And he used to completely show me exactly opposite of that. <laughs> and I used to get frustrated. I used to get frustrated. I said, fine, I will have a look, but I am pretty sure what I, you know, want, want. And how difficult is it for you to just find something what, you know, fits my definition or you just say that you don't have it, but just don't show me things. So uh, that is one thing I understood that if you are not showing things, what customer doesn't want, then that's definitely not the ideal situation. Absolutely. So you should have stuff. And here again at GT House, we are trying to, you know, make things, uh, keep things what customers want. Right. Maybe not all, uh, we probably won't be able to satisfy 100%. But we are definitely trying to see uh, a specific market 
where we are able to satisfy at least for those target uh, market target segment absolutely kid sir is this uh, i mean i've i've seen this at a couple uh, motorcycle at the motorcycling events that we have you started off the gt house at a motorcycling event like that was the first time where you displayed we started i at rider mania last year and uh, that was we said we'll why do we announce a launch at some store or you know or on social media why don't we do it at an event where you have maximum people and these are you know something like rider mania or iww these are one of the main motorcycling events in True. the country so we, we said this couldn't be a better place to launch your products this couldn't be a better place to experience what customers want so you have people coming from all places from all over cities uh, across india and you have different kinds of customers you have budget you have medium you have premium guys you have a guy who's riding a 150 cc motorcycle you have a guy who's riding a liter class bike you or you have a guy who's riding a harley or a tiger or whatever it is so this is a place where you understand what works so we went with some few products few things to display on we just tried working you know on what probably could work uh, for us and that was a good event i mean we could figure out uh, what works what doesn't work so so we knew we definitely knew what not to get <laughs> absolutely you know? and we also knew you know uh, what kind of you know customer reaction would come if we are putting some product at an xyz price or you know colors or a display so it's an easy way for you to you know figure out what market wants quick and Absolutely. easy way yes true not true. not an easy i mean going to rider mania and ibw was a painful affair uh taking all the stuff from pune to goa and again back, back. with all the display stuff and oh my god make sure the gear is all displayed properly clean it every day and you know ensure everything is packed at end of the day and come back and in between have your <laughs> typical go on mind yeah but was... but okay it was an experience like everyone else we experienced it and we learned lot of things absolutely uh, from it how was ibw for you ibw was good lot of customers lot of feedback lot of suggestions uh and um, most important was uh, for us Uh, we got the confidence that whatever we are trying to do is working so based on the customer reaction we went ahead from that point i mean that that was a point where there was no retail for us and that's when we also could make connections i mean it's easy you have lot of store owners walking in uh, people see their product and you know they keep talking to their friends and in groups so they know so that's the best place you know for you to display or absolutely uh, your product it's not the first time that some brand has launched uh, there have been many product launches brand launches at events like ibw or rider mania so we just followed what so tried and tested method we just <laughs> followed what others did so but yeah it was i ibw was fun ibw was a blast and i'm sure so kitisan where what is going to be the future of the gt house for you 
I really don't know. <laughs> the sky's the limit? Uh, no, not not from... Uh, I mean, of course, we are looking to grow. Of course, we are looking to add things. Uh, we want to cater and serve as many customers as we can. But having said that, uh, after COVID, things have changed drastically. Drastically. Uh, we're definitely not looking at uh, a budget side of the market, not because there are already too many players. And there are good options uh, available in the market, uh, good 4-5 players. So that's where we are not looking to enter. We're looking at specific segments, we're looking at specific sectors, even geographical areas where we want to work with. And I, the idea is to, you know, expand uh, more in terms of experience rather than just adding brands or products. True. So, uh, we don't know how it's going to be. We don't know what happens next six months, uh, one year. Uh, the scenario has already changed post-COVID quite a lot. True. Uh, so, we're going to take our time. We're going to wait. We, can, we want to see how the market responds and then... We will take steps accordingly. But definitely, one thing what we are looking at is making long-term relationships either in, if it's customer or even our partners, whoever we work with, whether it could be distributor or a stockist or a dealer. So if we would like to work with someone who wants to be with us for a really long period of time. Because it's not just, you know, doing a, you know, me giving product to you and you selling it somewhere. True. It's also investing your energy, effort, time, passion. And it's not just me. There's set of people, uh, you know, in and around me from a GT house side as well as from the, you know, partner side. So when you are investing something like this, you rather work for a longer period. And that's Absolutely. where you earn your loyalty. That's where you earn your respect. That's where at the end of the day... Uh, I would like to get satisfied with whatever things I have done for the day. Go home peacefully, have a nice meal with my family, spend some time with them and have a peaceful sleep. I shouldn't have that thing in my mind that no, I it was not a good business today. So every day if I get an order today and if it's been shipped to customer and customer has received it and he's given me a good feedback, that gives me a sense of satisfaction that yes, you know, Everything has fallen its, its place yes. and uh, that's that's my, you know, uh, final, uh, you could say. That is your level of satisfaction. That is my level of satisfaction where I have, you know, I get my peaceful eight hours eight of hours sleep <laughs> and I am, you know, charged up next, next day to day, do, like, do something yes, let's more. Do, let's, let's do this again. So, uh, let's do this again. Let's do something more. So that is what. I am looking at, we are not looking at exponential uh, growth. We are not looking at uh, two aggressive strategies. We want to go coolly, calmly. Uh, and we want to have as many partners as we can. Uh, whether it is, you know, partners from outside or having even local tie-ups with riding gear brands. We are open to all sorts of ideas, suggestions and tie-ups. That, that's one part I love about you, Kitty-san, is... You're always open to ideas. Let it be so, Shubham telling you something in terms of graphics or let it be me giving you ideas about social media or a product. So, you're all you're all yours for all of this. So we, we are open to ideas. Uh, my message even to uh, if there's a budding uh, or you know 
somebody who is inspiring to be an entrepreneur wants to get into business wants guidance they free to talk to me if somebody is going to start something or a brand who wants to approach gt house we are open there is no hesitation from our side to you know to do or not do business as long as it's a win win situation uh, gt house will have its door open for everyone, everyone. who wants to associate directly indirectly that's that's and it could be it need not be a premium store it need not be a standard uh, store riding gear store it could be some tier 2 city it could be somebody from tier 3 cities far away from you know usual metro city right, so right, so right. we are open we are open to all sorts of ideas and suggestions and uh, yeah, yeah we want to take it how as how it goes no fixed plan that's that's uh, wonderful kedi san i say on that note we wrap up the first podcast episode at the gt house i did you have a blast today talking It's pretty long i think <laughs> well as i said when you start talking you just you just go with the flow well correct, correct. i hope you enjoyed yeah, i had a blast much. i had a blast i got to mm-hmm. know you a lot more and i'm sure our audience got to know you a lot more great and uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much for watching and uh, we're going to come back with a lot more content so please subscribe to our youtube channel and if you are listening to us uh, do subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms that uh, are possibly there and uh, i hope you've had a blast like us so cheers until next time yours glenton signing out and that's mr kt signing out bye bye sure.